So let's continue to get ready for Pesach. That's amazing. You could like you could learn about Pesach or any Yantif, you know, for that matter, for days, weeks, months, you know. But it's you know, when you sit there, you just take that first bite of matzah, you know. That's the ikker, you know, just to sit there and eat the matzah. But we have to do our achanas. Okay, so let's prepare. All right, so let me let me mention to you a few a few questions first, and then we'll uh, we'll dive right in. You know, the, uh, there's a famous Ramban. There's a famous Ramban at the end of Parshas Bai. It's well known. The Ramban at the end of Parshas Bai talks about uh, Yitzis Mitzrayim, Pesach, the Avoida, the fact that we have to remember Yitzis Mitzrayim constantly, the Antif of Pesach. And the Ramban famously writes that the Nisim that we experienced on Pesach, in the month of, uh, of Nisan, so the Ramban says that those Nisim of Pesach, which is what we're celebrating on Pesach, are supposed to, are supposed to be a lesson for us to expand our horizons, you know? Ramban says that, that there's such a thing that a person experiences life in this type of this nature. There's nature, there's statistics, coincidences, and so on. And then uh, something crazy happens at Kriyas Yamsef, you know? The Ramban says, no, no, no. The Nisim of Mitzrayim, the Avoida of Pesach, is to realize is that the Nisim that happened on Mitzrayim should open our eyes to realize that even nature itself is a nice. Everything is coming from the Rabbani Shalom, everything's Bashkacha Pratis. That's the Ramban. And that's the, the focal point of Pesach. It's not just the Nisim, but what the Nisim tell you about the rest of life. That's the Ramban. That's Pash. But, he, 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 but here's the question. Let's understand. Why is it that we, you know, that when I, I throw a ball up and it comes right, right back down, why do we not experience that as a nace, right? I mean, we wouldn't be shocked by that. If I throw a ball up and it comes back down, we're not shocked, right? Crazy stuff, we're shocked. Why? Well, the reason is twofold. First of all, Kriyas Yamsuf doesn't happen very often, right? And the laws of gravity are frequent. But it, 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 more than that, more than that, one of the reasons why when we experience what we would call Teva, we think of it as Teva and not a Nes, is because Nisim, by their very nature, we associate with Hashgach Pratis, right? In other words, the Rabban split the sea for Kal Yisrael for a particular reason. Because Klai Yisrael deserved to be saved, and the Mitzrayim did not. Nisim are always associated with Ashkacha Pratis and Zchar Vaynish. It has to be individualized. That's what an ace is. The reason why, we're, why when we think of gravity, we don't think of that as an ace. Why? Is because Russia, Tzadik, morning, night, evening, the, the rules of gravity apply to everyone. So we don't think of that as an ace. Because the definition of a nace is not only something that's out of the ordinary, but when it does happen, it's clear that it happened from Hashem for that particular person. Something that happens to everyone constantly, always, without any uh, variations at all, we don't experience that as a nace. Because what our brains tell us is that the definition of a nace is something that the Rabbani Shalom does for a particular reason for that person. But yet the Ramban is telling us what Pesach is revealing to us is that that's not, that's not true. As much Hashgach HaPratis as there is when the Rabbani Shalom splits the sea for Klal Yisrael and not for the Mitzrayim, as much Hashgach HaPratis as there is that the cup of water turns to blood for a Mitzri but remains water for a Yid, that's the same level of Hashgach HaPratis as the sun rising and the sun setting. And you throw the bowl up and it comes back down. <coughs> now we'll believe that Animamin, the Ramban is right. But the question we have to ask ourselves, though, is, so how do we make sense of that? 
why would the Rabbanu Shalom Taka have the sunrise and sunset for everyone the same? If the Rabbanu Shalom is paying so, so close attention to every single person on the planet, everyone's different. So you tell me that every single person exactly at, you know, uh, 543 deserves the sunrise? That, I mean, that's why we don't think of the sunrise as a, as a miracle, right? Because everyone is experiencing it exactly the same time in the same way. So you're telling me it's Pashkach Pratis, that every single person exactly at that moment deserves to have a sunrise. What about Rishon that don't deserve to even be alive? But everyone deserves it exactly the same way. How do we wrap our brains around that? Again, not, not whether the Ramban is right or not, but, but how do we understand when we think of Hashgach HaPratis, we think of it as by its very definition, has to be catered in terms of what this person deserves. And everyone is different. How could everyone deserve exactly the same thing at exactly the same time constantly? Except for the once in a while Chris Yamsev experience. How, how, do we make, how is it possible? How could we classify Teva as a nace if Teva is the same for everyone always? How could that be a nace? How could that be Bashkach Pratis? How could the Rabbanu Shalom be paying attention to every single person, exactly who they are, and yet not make a difference between anyone constantly? That, that, that's the question. It's a fundamental question. And it gets to the heart of what Pesach is, because again, the Ramban is saying, that's what we're celebrating on Pesach. That's what's, trying, that's what's being revealed to us in Pesach. Not, we're not celebrating the Eser Makis. We're celebrating what the Eser Makis tells us about the rest of life. Well, then how do we make sense of the rest of life? How is it possible that everyone deserves the, the, the same rules of gravity, you know, uh, an Amaleki versus Tzadik Yisar Olam? The same rules of gravity should apply Bashkach Abratis. How do we make sense of that? So that's all. It's, it's, if you think about it, it's a very, very fundamental question. <clears throat> okay. Another question to think about. In the, in the Seder night, obviously the focus of the Seder night is cheres, is redemption, is gula. But yet, when you go through the Seder, there's a number of things that we do to be marames, to hint, and to remind us of gulas. Okay? The most obvious thing is right away when the Haggadah begins. So, uh, halachmanias, I mentioned this before, we say, hashat avdi, we're raising the point, we're bringing out the point, is that right now we're still in Gullahs. That's the question is, I'm going to mention this before, why, why, why mention that? I understand you want to be misspelled for Gula. Okay, there's times for everything. Like, why, why bring out the point that we're still in Gullahs when you're sitting at the Seder? There's another Nikud also we mentioned that we refer to Gullahs, is the fact that on the Ka'ara, on the Seder play, one of the Simanan that we have is the egg. Why do we have the egg? So there's a number of different reasons that are given. One of the reasons for the egg is, uh, is uh, the, the Acharenim bring down, is that it's a remes to a food that Avela made, that it's a food of Avelas. Why are we talking about Avelas? Is because it's, the calendar is Masudra in such a way that the night of Pesach, that day of the week, is also going to be the night of Tishabav. The night of Tishabav. Tishabav and Pesach are connected, and therefore to hint to Tishabav, we have the egg on Pesach night. Why in the world are you bringing up Tisha B'av right now? It's, it's the opposite of what, what Pesach is about. There's an, you know, Ace Livkais, Ace Litzchak. Why, why are you bringing up Tisha B'av at the night of Cheres? So clearly there's, there's some desire in the half of Chazal, and some, it's necessary to understand Pesach, is to somehow bring up the issues of Tisha B'av and Golas. So the question is why. Okay. All right, so I'm going to share with you an idea. It's, it's going to sound a little bit funny at first, but uh, we'll work it through. One of the first hachanas that we do uh, for Pesach, obviously, you know, it can be making a long time in advance, but in terms of halacha, the real first hachana that we have preparing for Pesach, 
starts not on Pesach proper, but before Pesach when we have Bedigas Chametz and Bir Chametz, the process of getting rid of Chametz. That's the first real Hachana that we have. So if that's the first thing we do, we know that there's a Klal in the Svarim, that the beginning of something is always the essence. So the fact that the Avaidah of Pesach begins with going through the home, room to room, corner to corner, closet to closet, and cleaning out Chametz and making sure there's no Chametz there, that has to tell us something about what the essence of Pesach is. It's interesting, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to this Bez Hashem soon, but just keep in the back of your mind. Um, we know that the Pasuk already talks about Pesach being, being uh, is it hot in here? Is it just me? It's a little warm. Am I turning, turning it off? I'm sorry. I'm going to fall asleep. So yeah, it's, uh, it's dry and hot. Yeah. So anyway, so the, we know Pesach is called Shabbos, right? Mimachar says Shabbos, it says Pesach is called Shabbos. So it's interesting that the first thing that we do to prepare for Pesach, as I said, is Bir Chametz, right? And even Bedika, we say, the bracha that we say is al bir chametz, it's the process of beer. So the first thing we do for Pesach is bir chametz. It's interesting, Pesach is called Shabbos. What's the first thing, or one of the first things that we do preparing for Shabbos? So this is something that's not so practical, we don't think of it. But according to Halacha, uh, one of the first hachanas that a person does, not, not lighting candles, that's, already, that's Shabbos, right? Becoming lighting. Before that is Aravtem. It's to set up an Erev, right? It's brought down in Shara Kavanas. Really, the Wednesday night share is about Shabbos. We're just taking a little bit of a break about Pesach. So the, uh, in Shara Kavanas, it's brought down that the Rizal was Makbid. He was Makbid to make an Erev, Eruvi Chatzeris, Eruvi Mavoy, Mavoy. He was, he was Makbid to make an Erev every Erev Shabbos. And this is why, by some, you'll find that like, they'll be very Machmer with everything. They'll be very, very from. But they'll be Makel to carry with an Erev. And this is from the Rizal. The Rizal was... Uh, was very, very from, by all accounts, but he was makbit to make an Erev every Erev Shabbos and to, uh, to be Masada in such a way. You now it's interesting that the word Erev, Saram point out, the word Erev and the word beer, for beer chametz, same letters. Erev and beer are the same letters. So that's going to be an interesting point, an interesting point that the hachanis that we have for Pesach is going to parallel the inning of Erev as a hachana for Shabbos. So we have to... Just keep that in the back of the mind. It's an interesting point. Okay, so let, let's understand. What does Bir Chametz tell us about Pesach? Now, we know, obviously, there's an Isser, there's a prohibition of having Chametz, but what is the, the avoid of Bir Chametz? That inning of going through your home and making sure that every room is eradicated from Chametz, what does that tell us? So it's like this. There's a major theme when it comes to Pesach that we don't necessarily, doesn't, doesn't jump off the page immediately, but if you think about it, it's very much there, which is the inion of Kedushas Hamakam. The holiness of, of place, of space itself. I'll give you an example. When Maishra Rabbeinu was by the Sneh, right? So it's the first, the first basura, the first uh, announcement of there being a gula, there being a Pesach. What is the first thing the Rabbani Shalom says to Maishra? Shalna take your shoes off. admas The place that you're standing on is holy. The first, means the first sentence before Maishra Rabbeinu is told, you know, we have to take them out of Golas. Even before B'ni B'chari Yisrael, before any of that, the first thing the Rabbani Shon says is that there's such a thing that's called a place that's holy. Admas Kaidish. Admas Kaidish. Kal Yisrael survived Makis B'charis, how? Because they're in their homes, in their homes, and they put Dam on the Mashkaif, on the, the mezuzahs and so on, and that seals them in into their uh, secured place, and that protects them. Um, the Inyan of Makim, the Inyan of Kedushas HaMakim, that the, pla- the Jewish home as being a designated place that's holy. And, you know, it's interesting when the Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbein, uh, the Rabbani Shalom protects us by jumping over the homes. It's like a funny, 
because you have to jump over the homes. I don't know, just kill the Mitzrayim. And it doesn't say that uh, he jumped over every uh, Jewish person when it came to Shechin. I don't know. But what is it? What do you have to jump over the homes? Jumping over the homes means that the Rabbanu Shalom is, 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 is establishing this Indian is that the place of Mitzrayim and the place of the Jewish home are two separate places. That's what's going on over here. The dialogue, the psicha, the Rabbanu Shalom is jumping over. It's saying as if there's a spot that's called a, a, a Mokim of Mitzrayim over here, a Mokim of Mitzrayim over here, and this place in between, which has a mezuzah, you know, it, it's not part of Mitzrayim. It's, it's, it's almost as if it doesn't exist in this spot. Now the truth is, it's, it's, it, that's a very deep. That's a very deep point, because um, the Zarakadosh says already that the Zarakadosh asks an interesting question, which is that if Kali Yisrael is supposed to bring the Karm Pesach, which they brought the Karm Pesach that, that night, we know the Karm Pesach needs to be brought in the base of Migdash in Eretz Yisrael. So how are they bringing it in Mitzrayim, Ervas Haaretz? So it says in the Zarakadosh, and the Sfarim bring this down, is that the, what the Rebbeinu Shalom did Pesach night is that he brought Eretz Yisrael to the Jewish homes. And the Avir of Eretz Yisrael, and the Avir of the Beis HaMikdash, was in the Jewish home. So much so, that the house itself had the halacha, had the significance of halacha as a Mizbeach, and when they put the dam on the doorposts and the mashkev, that was Rika. That was Mamish literally taking the dam of the carbon and putting it on the Mizbeach. The home itself became established not just, as Eretz Yisrael, not just Eretz Yisrael, the Beis HaMikdash, and the Mizbeach itself Mamish. So the whole Indian of Makas Bechayris, which is taking us out of Mitzrayim, that was the Geula, it was revolving around Kedushas HaMakim, the place being separated, the place of the Jewish home being something different. It might look like it's in Mitzrayim, it's Bechlal Nat, it's in Eretz Yisrael, it's in Yerushalayim. That's why even in Halacha, we find what's unique, there's very, very, a lot of very unique qualities to the Karim Pesach. One of the, one of the unique qualities is, is that all Karbanas have designated places to eat. You, you can eat them, right? Kotche Kotchen, for example, Right, uh, you know that chatas uh, asham and so on that has to be eaten in the base of the proper. Okay, and then you have kachim kalim. Kachim kalim could be eaten, you know, shlom and so on. That could be eaten uh, anywhere uh, in Yerushalayim. Then you have the karm pesach. The karm pesach is unique, is that it didn't have to be eaten in those in those places, but it had an interesting halacha, which is that whatever house you were designating this karm pesach to be to be eaten in. There was a special prohibition of not taking the Karim Pesach out of the house. Now, there's no such thing by any other carbon like that. There's, a, there's an Indian of not taking a Kachikachim out of the base of Mikdash or a Kachikalm out of Yerushalayim. But within those areas, there's no more specific designation. If you're in Yerushalayim eating a Shlomim and you want to take your Shlomim to the neighbor you know, and uh, you know, bring more people on board, there's no problem with that. Karim Pesach is not like that. The Karim Pesach, there's a prohibition, there's an iser of, 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 of taking the meat of the Karim Pesach out of the random house that you happen to designate in. I mean, it's one thing that there's a prohibition of taking something outside of the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash has significance. Yerushalayim has significance. It's not my, my house. Why, why is my house end here? Random, because uh, I can't afford to extend it. But Halacha says, no, no, no. That's what the Karim Pesach is supposed to be. Beyond that, it's bechal uh, is not working. You know, you, you, you have, you're prohibited from taking it out. Vaiter kedushas hamak in the place has 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 that significance. So the the carbon had to had to remain in that house. It was in Yerushalayim, but even within Yerushalayim, the house that you're designated, it's, it's even more than that. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Pesach. The Rambam writes. That, uh, that let's say you had in one house, or let's say a large area, many chaburas of Karm Pesach. So the Ramam writes, so you have to have mechitzas. 
you literally would have to set up mechitzes separating this chabur from that chabur. So there's a halach of makam. The makam itself becomes significant. Now this is, if, you, if we think about this, this is what's happening by bir chametz. By bir chametz, what you're doing is, what you're doing is, is that your 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 chametz is sarshav So chametz is the embodiment of the, everything that's wrong of the itzahar of tum of sitra and you are being mavarid. You are destroying it from the house. Why? Why is it that the house has to be clean of chametz? Is because Pesach is revolving around kedushas hamakam. The place has to be holy. Therefore, in other words, in, 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 let's put it this way: it wasn't just that first year of Yitzis Mitzrayim that the Geula was revolving around the Jewish home being a Makam Kaddish. We see that that first year, that it was Mamish in an extreme way, the house itself was a Mizbech. We see that even going forward with Hilchas Karben Pesach, that what? That the house is designated as if it's Mamish uh, Shtik Beis HaMikdash, that you can't take the, the Karben Pesach outside of it. But the truth is, it goes on further as well. Even when we don't have the Karben Pesach Mamish, but we eat Afi Kaiman. Right? There's a lochah set up of not uh, eating the afikoymen in different places. The afikoymen is a zecher for the Karim Pesach. It's, it's interesting. It's actually brought down uh, from the Devrichayim, uh, the Sanzarov. In his Haggadah, he brings down that it's, it's, it's known amongst the tzaddikim, as he says, it's known amongst the tzaddikim, that even Bizman Hazeh, Eliyoh HaNovi, is makr of the Karim Pesach. And if a person's a tzaddik and he's Mamuna, if he's uh, on, his, on Elionov's good list, you know, then you will be given a piece of Karim Pesach, and when you eat the Afikaimen, you will be tasting Karim Pesach. And he says, and the and Devi Chaim says, and he says, and Atacha, this is the words, Atacha, you think that I'm talking about Ruchnius? He says, no, I'm talking about the Poil Mamish, a shtick Karim Pesach. Mamish, a piece of flesh, the Karim Pesach. So much so that this you have to, if you believe or you don't believe, but it's also brought down that uh, by, the, by many tzaddikim that after they ate Afi Kaiman, the Chassidim would notice that there was like Mamish uh, oil, you know, and fat on their lips. By the Kedushas Levi, they say such a thing. The Divir Chaim goes further. He says that even if you're not on Elionov's list like that, so you're not being given a piece of the Karim Pesach somehow in your Afi Kaiman, but if you believe in this, and you believe in the tzaddikim, then it's kilu you are eating the carbon pesach as well. So there's an Indian that even even right now to have a carbon pesach. So and this is what's happening by bir chametz. By bir chametz, what's happening is is that you are literally preparing your home to be transformed into a holy place, and that place is exactly how yitzis mitzrayim takes place. Yitzis mitzrayim is completely bound with this concept of kedushas hamakim of a place being holy. I mean, this is why. Even in the climax of Kriyas of, of, of Yitzis Mitzrayim and what all comes to a head with Kriyas Yamsuf, what's the final pasuk of Kriyas Yamsuf of of, of, of Az Yashir, right? So it's all talking about Mikdash Hashem Kain Yedach. It's talking based on Mikdash. That's what it's talking about. The place of Hashem Yimlech Lanu, the place of Malchus. So, in other words, what Klai Yisrael are summing up is that all of this that was going on was all about establishing Kedushas HaMakim, that there's such a phenomenon that place is holy, and the ultimate holy place is Beis HaMikdash. It's all revolving around that. So there, and so much so that by, Yitzhi, by the first night of Pesach, Beis HaMikdash came to Klai Yisrael in Gaishan. So it's all revolving around this. This is, by the way, why Bir Chametz and an Erev are related to each other. Why? See, Shabbos is also very much revolving around Kedushas Hamakim. There's a phenomenon, even all of Hilchas Erevin and much of Mesech Shabbos is revolving around the idea of there being a Rishas Harabim and Rishas Hayachid. 
Right? Rishon Sermon Shaziach, a different Chalukim HaKaymas, that this place is Arba Rishuya saying, the first Mishnah and Shabbos begins talking about, of all the Halachas, right? Tysus already raises the issue that of all the Malachas to talk about, why are you beginning with the Malach of Haitzah, of moving from carrying an object from one Rishus to another Rishus? So Tysus and Rishonim deal with that. In Pneumius, the reason for this, the reason why that's the first malacha to be discussed is because that gets to the nakuda pnimis, the essence of what Shabbos is. That Shabbos, as we'll see in a moment, as when we explain this, Shabbos is also very much connected to the concept of there being kedushas hamakim, that place has significance. And there's this battle, you know, on Shabbos between, I should say, like, there's this, there's this battle, I guess, yeah, on Shabbos between the Rishos Hayachid. The Rishos of Yechidosh Olam, a place that the Rabbani Shalom is comfortable to be in, a place of singularity. And then the Rishos HaRabim. We find in the, in the Kisvi Ari in a very, very strong way that Rishos HaRabim is, is very bad. <laughs> Rishos HaRabim is, on Shabbos, Rishos HaRabim means the domain of Klipa, the Sitra Achra, everything that's wrong with the world. And Rishos HaYochid means the Rishos of Yechidosh Olam, the, the single one of the world, of the Rabbani Shalom. And on Shabbos, there's this conflict between Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah. During the six days of the week, we're so desensitized to Kedush or Tumah that to us it's all the same. But on Shabbos, where we become more sensitive, then the places of Kedusha versus the places of Tumah become so clear that you mamish can't mix the two. You can't mix the two. So that's also, right, we're going to talk about that. We'll speak about that soon. It's a very good point. So, you know, that's what, that's what Shabbos is. So what's the idea of an Erev? The idea of an Erev without getting to too much pratim, the idea of an Erev is it a way of expanding Rishas HaYachid to swallow up more of Rishas right? Maybe not bonafide Rishas you understand. It's, it's a way of expanding Rishas HaYachid. That's what it is. Into a, areas that, Carmelists or other areas that would by themselves be more uh, uh, completely subsumed in that world of Rishas HaRabim. An Erev has an ability of moving Tum away and, and expanding the territory of Rishas HaYachid. That's what an Erev is. By the way, and who was the one to be Masak in Erevin? The Shleim HaMelech, the one that builds the first base of Migdash. And Chazal make a huge point of this, that Shalom Melech was mamish, the Rabban Shalom gave him a big Yashikaych when he made the concept of an Erev. Because what, what an Erev means that there's such a thing as a holy place, but beyond that, Shalom Melech was mechadish with an Erev, that that holy place could actually move and it could, it could expand, it could cover more beyond its particular finite gvul. That's what Shalom Melch, Shalom Melch didn't just build the first base in Mikdash, it was primed to be Mashiach. He was the first Ben David, right? He was the first Mashiach Ben David. He was anointed. He was anointed as a king, even though usually the son of the king is not anointed, just it goes straight to Yerusha, but because there was a Machlekes before he was king between him and Adonio, his brother, so he had to be he had to be anointed to make sure everyone, everyone should know he's the king. So it, it, the way it worked is that it was because of Machlaikis, but Bashkacha Pratis, the, the reason why there was a Machlaikis thus forcing him to be anointed was preparing him to be Mashiach ben David. He was literally the first Mashiach ben David. And every, if everything worked according to plan, the first base of Middash he built would have then been the Spashet, would have then expanded. Like the Chazal said, when Mashiach comes, Eretz Yisrael will cover the whole world. And there it is, Yisrael, you know, everything will expand. And the expansion of the Beis HaMikdash, Sholem was establishing this idea of the expansion of Rishus HaYochid with the concept of Erev. And so this was a major takana. And so just as Pesach begins, which is the, is the beginning of the redemption of the whole world, 
the beginning of the redemption of the whole world, which is Pesach, and Mashiach, which is the ultimate redemption of the whole world. The first redemption begins with the establishment of there being a phenomenon as a holy place. And the first thing we do as a hachana to that is move away the Rishos Harabim, you know, move away all the chametz, get everything out of the way to allow the holiness of, the, of, a, of a Jewish home to expand and to engulf the whole area. That's exactly what was taking place. That, that is what happens every Shabbos, what an Erev is set up. An Erev is expanding Rosh Hashayachid, and that's what Shalomach was trying to do. And eventually with the Cheres Oilam, when Mashiach comes, which is the completion of what began by Pesach, there'll be a full expansion of Kedusha Samakim, and uh, the entire world will be shown to be Rosh Hashayachid. That's what's going to be. So this is all revolving around Kedusha Samakim. Okay, fine. What does this all mean? Like, okay, what... what, what, what? So what's the essence? What's so special about there being a place that's holy? By the way, this is how the Haggadah also begins. You know, the, uh, the Rishonim ask a question. There's a lot to talk about. The Rishonim ask a question that uh, before you do a mitzvah, so usually Chazal make a, they, they tell us to make a bracha, right? Before you put on tefillin, lenich tefillin, uh, before you eat matzah, alachilas matzah. So why is there no bracha for the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzis Mitzrayim? So question Rishonim asks. One of the answers that the Rishonim give is that there is a bracha. What's the bracha? The bracha is, Baruch HaMakim Baruch Hu. Baruch Hashem Rafta Chasli Yisrael. That line that you say in the Haggadah, and then you go in, Kineged Arba Badam Debitar, Baruch HaMakim Baruch Hu. That's the bracha. That's the Birch HaSemitzvah for Sipi Yitzis Mitzrayim. Okay, it's an odd nusach. It's not the usual standard. Asher Kitshanu. Baruch HaMakim Baruch Hu. We davka refer to Hashem right in the bracha that we make before we say the mitzvah of Sipri Tzitzim. I'm talking about what Pesach is about. The nusach habracha is Baruch Hamakim. We call Hashem by that name Hamakim. Very unique, very rare. Usually we refer to Hashem as Hamakim in places that are more Tishavadik, right? But in, 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 in a base oval, in the base oval, so you say Baruch Hamakim. But in the base Hacheres, in the house of Cheres of Pesach, also we say Baruch Hamakim Baruch Hu. So again, this is. Uh, this needs explanation. What exactly, what is so special about Kedushas HaMakam? What's special? Okay, so <clears throat> let me explain. And this, and, and from here we'll be able to uh, explain everything that uh, we started with as well, hopefully. All right, you know, it, it's, it's well known from the Sefer Yitzira that Avram Avinu taught us that the Rabbanu Shalom, that, that the Rabbanu Shalom made the world that everything exists in three dimensions. Oilam Shana Nefesh. Oilam Shana Nefesh. Everything, there's a world of, there's a, there's a dimension of a space, of oilam, space, malkam that we're talking about. There's a, there's a dimension of shun, of time. Time also is a dimension. And then you have nefesh, the soul, people. Everything that's, everything that's about us, people. Oilam, shun, and nefesh. It's like this. There's something unique to the dimension of space as opposed to the dimension of time and, and person. In the dimension of time, it's not possible to have two moments existing at the same time. The, the nature of time is that one moment is over here, another moment is over there. This is the way it is. Or deeper than that, there are certain, there are certain times, um, let's put it this way, like, like Shalom Melch wrote in, wrote in Kehelas, there's, there's, there, there are good, there's Yom Toivim and Yom Roim. There are good days and bad days, right? That's the way it is. There's good days and bad days. There's good times and bad times. In time, you can't have both. You can't have a, a moment that's good and a moment that's bad. Two different things. Nefesh as well. Nefesh as well. In the, in, in the person, conceptually, either a person's good or bad. Toiv and Ra are opposites. Toiv and Ra are opposites. Good and bad are, are opposites. Which means 
that it's it's impossible for Taiv and Ra to exist at the same at the same at the, in the same thing. What's unique, however, to Mokim, to space, and this is unique to physical space, is that physical space is able to bring together things that have nothing to do with each other. And space is able to bring together things that are not just no shaykhs to each other, that are mamish opposites. Mamish opposites. In other words, let, let, me, let me give you an example. In the world of malachim, right? So malachim are not physical, right? So there's such a thing as malachi hashares, right? Good malachim. And there's such a thing as bad malachim. Never the twain shall meet. They, ex- they, they exist in two different universes, uh, two separate mitzvahs. But all of a sudden, when malachim come down into this world, into the human being in a physical place, then all of a sudden the same person has a Yitzhah and Yitzhah. What, what happened over there? In Shemayim, the Yitzhah and the Yitzhah never met each other. Two different malachim, they, don't even, they can't even conceptualize the existence of each other. All of a sudden they come down to planet Earth, not only, are they, uh, not only do they know about each other, they're mama's roommates. How is that possible? Mokim is unique. I'll give you an example. You could have, even within space, even different moments of time come together. An example. Uh, you find this both in good and in bad. Uh, Avram Avinu is running again, he's chasing the four kings, right? So it says that he's chasing the He's chasing them. We mentioned that Pesach night as well. That uh, we'll see in a second why he's chasing them. And he gets to midnight and the Yerdef Adon. He's able to chase the four kings until the place that's called Don. But beyond that, he didn't have the strength anymore. Why? What happened? So Rashi brings down from Chazal that in that place of Don, many, many, many generations later, Yerav Menavot would set up an Avodah and because of that, Avram Avinu had a chalishis, had a weakness in that spot when he got to the, the place of Don. What, what are you talking about? It didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. What, what, Avram Avinu was living in uh, the year of Avram Avinu, and you're talking about Yovim Avat, it's generations later. But the answer is, when you're dealing with a space, with, with, a, with a makim, all of a sudden a makim is able to encompass things that are opposite from each other in, in, in the dimension of, of soul, that you have, uh, you know... You could have a tzadik yisraelim and a rosh Rusha both sitting together in the same spot. In Shemayim, that's not possible. It's not possible. They, they, they have no, they're completely polar opposites. It's not possible for them, to, for them conceptually to be together. All of a sudden, in physical space, opposites could be put together. Opposites could be put together. Tzadik and Russia could be put together. A Yitzhak and Yitzhak could be put together. This moment and that moment can be put together. So this is a strange thing. That Mokim has this phenomenon of being able to be naisei hafachim, of bearing opposites, of bringing opposites together. What does this tell us about space? And what does it mean, Kedusha Samakim? So Kedusha, therefore, when you have this phenomenon of a place as being holy, the holiness of a place is incredibly deep. It's incredibly deep. Because the level of godliness that's able to be expressed and felt specifically connected to place is going to be much, much deeper than a level of godliness that can be experienced in just time or in just soul. One of the deepest, one of the deepest um, descriptions of the Rabbani Shalom, one of the most uh, highest levels that we can even talk about by the Rabbani Shalom is that he is noisy afachim. He bears opposites. You know, by Yom Neroyim, Hashem Kippur, one of the lines that we have is in V'chol Maminim, is that what? Is that he is Shaveh. The Rabbani Shalom is completely equal, even. 
Umash ve'kotin ve'gadol. And by him, the gadol and the kotin, the greatest and the smallest, are mamish the same. So what, what, what does that mean exactly? What does that mean exactly? So on a simple level, we, I guess we tend to think of it as that Shalom is so great, he's so smart, that to, to his level of brilliance, Einstein and a uh, fourth grader, it's all the same. That's not really, that, that's not really what, what's going on. It's not just that the Rebbe Shalom is so far away, that to him. Because at the end of the day, as far as you go, Einstein the fourth grade is still, still not the same. Mashve Kotm means that what's being revealed in that sentence, Mashve Kotm is that there's a level of the Rebbe Shalom, there's a level of his relationship with the universe that's so above and beyond Bechira, so above and beyond free will, so above and beyond the world of logic that we could possibly imagine. There is a place, there is a, there is a, a depth in the Rabbani Shalom's existence where everything is one. Everything is one. And the Rabbani Shalom, that name that we have for Hashem, that He is Mokim, that He is the place in which everything exists, that's one of the deepest descriptions we have because that is revealing that there's a level of God that fits into our way of thinking, into our universe, into our, and He reacts to us. So you do something good, He'll react. You do something bad, He'll react. And he fits into your world. The fact that we call Hashem HaMokka means that there is a phenomenon, there is a, there is a level of divinity that the Rabbani Shalom is so, so in, unfathomably profound that from that place of singularity, that place of absolute oneness, everything becomes one. And from that deepest place, tzaddik, rasha, good, bad, shava umashva katan everything becomes one. Everything's absolutely even. This is what's being manifest. A taste of that deepest truth of the Rabbani Shalom's presence is being expressed whenever you have a place that's holy. You see, this is what was happening by Pesach. Let's understand. And again, I'm, in a, in a minute, or, minute or so, we're going to get the, the practicality with the avoid of this. Because right now this is all completely esoteric. But you'll bear with me for a second. What was happening by Mitzrayim, what what, what, what's Pesach about? Pesach is the Kalah Yisrael were, were, were being introduced to Amunah. Introduced to Amunah, faith. And the question is like this, what exactly was Neschadish to us? What level of Amunah did we not have before? Avram Avinu was called a Mamin. Avram Avinu was Roish Lamaminim, the head of, he was the beginning of faith. Uh, Chazal say that throughout the years of Golas, Kalah Yisrael chazed over and over and over again the faith that they had from the Avas Akhtoshim. So what was Neschadish to them? What level of faith was given to them by Pesach that we didn't have before? The answer is, before Pesach, the Rabbani Shalom was seen as what? As, like Avram Avinu describes him, as the Baal Habir, the Balabas. And the Balabas means, some, uh, the Balabas means that there is a Bira, there is a world that has many different facets to it. There's good and there's bad, and there's upstairs and there's downstairs, and there's uh, like this and there's like that. And the Balabira, he's just in charge, he's running the show, he's, and he's reacting to every single person, every single guest in his house, so he gives them exactly what they need at that time. That's the Balabira. What was Neschadish by Pesach is something altogether different. What was, what, what was revealed by Pesach is the Rebbe is much more than just the Baal Habira. The Rebbe Shalom is Hamakim, and everything exists within him. And on the deepest of levels, he is completely even, and everything that happens in the world is somehow, in the deepest of senses, still part of his singularity. Nature... And this is what is going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a very counterintuitive. We tend to think is that what's, what's, what's a deeper revelation of Hashem's presence? Nase or Teva? Of course, Nase, right? 
Because that's when Hashem is making Himself known. Not really true. Not really true. Because the, the, the fact that the sun rises and the sun sets for both the tzaddik and the rasha, and yet it's still it's all coming from the Rabbanu Shlalem. It's, te- it's, re- it's a revelation of this deeper reality, which is Shave umash That's a revelation of who makayma shal oilam ve'en ha'oilam makayma. Is that there is a level of our relationship with the Rabbanu Shalom which goes way beyond schar It goes way beyond anything we could possibly imagine in terms of Bechira. There's some aspect of every single molecule in the universe which is part of the divine essence. And because of that, the fact that everything is treated the same through Teva, is a reflection of that deepest truth. The Rabbanu Shalom is revealing himself as the Baal Habira when he makes Kriyas Yamsuf. So what happened by, by, by the Eser Makis, for example, is that the Rabbanu Shalom, like, the Ramban, like we began with, the Ramban says the essence of Pesach is not the celebration of the Nisim of Pesach, is that what that tells you about nature. And the Oymik, the, 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 the side of what the Ramban is, is hinting to, is this idea, is that Pesach reveals to us the phenomenon of Kedushas Hamakim, that the Rabbanu Shalom is so unfathomably deep that he's noisei hafachim, that he can bear opposites, that there's a level of his existence where there is no such thing as opposites, everything is absolutely one, just as it was before creation, it is now after creation. Atuhu Shalom, you are who you are before creation, and you are as much that after creation. You, are, you have not been affected by creation. Everything still exists within you. And the way we see that is the fact that the sun rises and the sun sets for everyone the same. When you, so it's an amazing thing. That same phenomenon called sunrise and sunset, that could be a source of apikarsis. You could say it's mamish teva and you see there is no God. Or no, 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 mom is the opposite. Once you know that there's a God through the Eser Makis and through the Nisim Gluyim of Yitzitz Mitzrayim, now that tells you that, by the way, oh my gosh, that Rabbi Nishon that I now know exists because of the Nisim of Mitzrayim is so unfathomably deep that there's a level of, of Hamakim that everything is completely a part of him. And everything is completely one th- from that deepest perspective. And Teva becomes unbelievably deep. What's the... What's the um, this is, by the way, the word beer and the word Erev. Uh, equals Begimashia Chesed Gvura. Chesed Gvura. Ayin Beis is Chesed. Reish Yudvav is Gvura. So that's an interesting thing, that the word beer and Erev is a combination of two opposites, Chesed and Gvura. Because that's exactly what Kedushas HaMakim is revealing. When you're doing beer Chametz and you're preparing your home to be a Shtik Eretz Yisrael, and, or you're set up in an Erev to expand the territory of Rishas HaYachid, and you're establishing there's a phenomenon that's called Kedushas HaMakim, Admas Kedushu. What's being revealed in the concept of Kedushas HaMakim is Chesed and Gevur, which are two opposites that you should not be able to come together, are absolutely one in that word beer and that word Erev. Because that's what Makim is revealing, is that there's a level of Shavu Masha Katmagadal where there is no difference between, uh, uh, between a Chas Shalom, a patch of Gevura, or uh, a kiss from Chesed. It's Mamish all the same. It's Mamish all the same. What is this? How, okay, this is all very nice and deep. What is this? How does this express itself in a very simple and a, and, and, and a straightforward way? Pesach night, because again, what I, what we're just talking about right now is 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 a game changer in what the seder is about. The seder with the avoid of Pesach is to try to connect to this idea of kedushas hamokim of the rabbanu shalom being nice hafachim of bearing opposites, and on the deepest of levels. And so the question is, well, how does that concept of the Rabbanu Shalom being 
one and bearing opposites in chesed and gvur being absolutely the same in that, in that deepest of places. How does that filter down into our world when you're sitting by uh, the Seder, falling asleep over your matzah? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how, what's the avoid of this? The avoid is as follows. The avoid is, is that to become a Yid who has a reservoir, enough reservoirs of amuna within them to be able to bear opposites, to be able to bear kashas without getting the proper tarots yet. I, I mentioned in the beginning that part of the Seder is that we, we, we're talking about Chayrus. Obviously, Pesach night is, is about redemption, and yet we're hinting to Tisha B'av, and we're hinting to uh, the fact that Hashtavi, we're still in Golis right now. So why, why are we bring that up? The answer is there's no greater expression of Amuna than a Yid that's able to believe in a Rabbanu Shloilam and thank the Rabbanu Shloilam and be happy and be besimch with the Rabbanu Shloilam for taking us out of Mitzrayim, yet at the same time recognizing that there's a big kash in front of me, which is how are we still in Golis? And not being overwhelmed by that kasha and not being thrown off kilter by kashas and say, you know what, it's taka kasha, but you know what, I could go weiter. That, that's, a, you know, an example, Rabbi Nachman pointed this out, he said that in, by, by, by Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Kala Yisrael were called Ivrim, right? Hebrews. So I've mentioned this many times, is that Rabbi Nachman said, why are we called Ivrim then? Because what was, what was, the Avayit of Pesach is Amuna, is to develop an Amuna, but an Amuna in what? Not just in the Balhabira. An Amuna in a God that's nice Afachim. And what does that look like within you? Amuna, Amuna, therefore, means is to be big enough to transcend questions. That even if you don't have the answer, but that you're strong enough in your connection to the Rabbani Shalom that the questions don't bother you anymore and you're not stifled by the questions. I mean, this is why Pesach night is, is about questions and answers, right? But what's interesting is, is that it's very, it's very, like, we have a lot of questions in, 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 in Gemara, right? Gemara is full of questions, right? But the answers are direct, you know, there's a kasha and there's a direct answer. Everyone knows and everyone is frustrated by this, whether you admit it or not, and every Haggadah that tries to give the answer doesn't really answer it properly. There's four kashas, right? We don't answer them. Okay, and then in there, you can... Blah, blah. There's no, we don't answer the kashas. The answer is, that's the point. That's the point. Part of the avayda of Pesach night is to try to develop a level of amuna where you kataka not have the answers to all your questions. And that's okay. And it doesn't kill you. It doesn't overwhelm you. And, th- and this is what's going on. The Rabbani Shalom is revealing himself on Pesach in the deepest and highest levels of what? Is that he is nice Fachim, that Chesed and Gvur are absolutely one. And the way that filters down and the way you sort of uh, uh, parallel that within your own soul is also that you have the ability now to handle Chesed and Gvur as one. And that's okay. It's not true that, uh, that there, there, there are moments to celebrate and moments to, to mourn. But Pesach night gives us the strength to be able to celebrate and mourn a moment at the same time. And the same God that's giving us simchas is the same God that, God forbid, is, is taking away simcha. And that's okay. And we're able to handle that. You could eat matzah and mar at the same seder. And matzah can be lechem oini, And it can be lechem uh, of cheris all at the same time. And it doesn't bother us. I, it's, it's foolish. How could it not bother you? Well, you're not thinking. The answer is, we're, we're transcending it. It, the, 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 uh, in the world of Bal Habira, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. It, it's either it's either uh, or it's Cheres. Like which one? But when you get to that place of Kedushas Hamalkim, that place itself is sanctified. 
which means that there's a phenomenon, there's a revelation of God's presence in our universe, which is, which is an emanation from that deepest truth of Shavu Ma'ashav Kadmogadol, where Chesed and Gvur are absolutely one from that place of singularity, then I, ref, I emotionally reflect that by being able to handle Chesed and Gvur as one. When it, you know, let, let's put it this way, to get down mamish to very basic bones. When a Yid has the strength and the wherewithal to be able to handle difficult situations and smile through it, to be able to handle kashas and not to be destroyed by those kashas, and to celebrate understanding something while recognizing that they don't understand other things. Their ability to be nice within themselves, even though on the outside that might look like a fool, it might look like an idiot, like what are you doing? You're just being, you're just not being honest, or you're not being authentic with it, like... That, that Jew that's able to bear opposites within themselves is a reflection of the deepest truth of the Rabbani Shalom. It's the deepest madrega. The deepest madrega of the Rabbani Shalom, which is Shavu Mashavakat Magadal, that Chesed and Gvor Amamish won by the Rabbani Shalom, that reflects itself within the Jew in your ability to, to, be, to handle conflict. And by the way, this is why Pesach night, this is part of the chinuch that we give to our kids, and this is a very, very subtle and tricky thing to do, which is to to somehow give over to children clear and direct uh, messiah and direct truth, yet training them to handle complexity. That's a very, it's, a, it's, very, it's not easy to do that because, I mean, we, we all know this, a life is complicated, right? And so if you have a person that's, that grew up in a home where everything is exactly black and white, and then all of a sudden they leave the home and they realize that the entire universe is gray, they, they don't have the training for that. And so part of, part of the chinuch that we have to give ourselves on Pesach is to ask kashas and have vague answers to them and, and be able to handle that and to be besimcha despite the fact that our kashas are not being fully answered. That, that, that's, that's what you want. And that's a necessary thing. That's part of the avayda because not only, no, not only is that necessary to train a person to be able to handle the conflict of life, but that's also opening up this, the neshama to the deepest of truths. The deepest of truths is that everything is... The deepest of truth is that chesed and gevur come from the same place. So the way that's going to filter down into you is that uh, there'll be a gray between chesed and gevur and you can handle it. Like, uh, you know, I, I, as I mentioned many times, that like in Ishbitza, everything is everything's gray and everything is like the stira is the answer. You don't have to answer it. Like that, 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 that's, that's coming from a very, very deep place. All of Ishmael's Chassidus is in a certain way trying to reveal Kedushas HaMokim, is trying to reveal this phenomenon, giving us a way into this place that's called the Rabbani Shalom being Naisi HaFachem. That's a very, very deep truth. And this is what Amunah Pshut is. Simple faith of Pesach, simply put, is, is the Amunah that a Jew has in a, in a, in a deep connection to Rabbani Shalom to such a degree that all stiras and all kashas just don't make any imprint. Like, it doesn't make a difference. The, the truth of the Rabbani Shalom is so real to me that everything else is just inconsequential before it. And all the kashas that you can ask, it doesn't bother me. I already was mavar my chametz. I made an Erev. Everything is Rishos HaYochid. Kedushas HaMokim is emanating. And that, that's where Amun, that's why our Amunah comes from Pesach. That's what, that's what Kedushas HaMokim, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's why even the word Erev, and the word that's interesting, the word Erev means to be Ma'arev, it means to mix, that's, that's, what, that's what it is. Even though it's interesting that the, the old Minig, 
this is part of the dynamic of Golis, but like there was an need of like, you know, not to mish on Pesach, right? We don't mix on Pesach. Every mishpach, mishpach, every family should be by itself. So it's interesting. By the carbon Pesach, there is a phenomenon that you have to be mamuna, you have to be appointed. You can't, you can't mix the carbon Pesach. But that's also coming from this truth is that, is that Pesach is a time where there's a revelation of, of Kedushas HaMokim, of the place being holy, and, and mixing from one place to the next, there's, there's a Kedushas HaMokim to that. So, Halach Lamaisa, Halach Lamaisa, the Avoid of Pesach, that's what you see, it's a beautiful thing by the Haggadah, the Haggadah, on a very simple level, the Haggadah is not shying away from the obvious question, right? Like, we're sitting by the Pesach night, you know, leaning, and Cheres, Dalek Kaisis, when right outside, uh, we're still in Lawrence, or we're still in uh, anywhere else, you know, and we're still in Gauls. And so, so you would think, just, okay, don't, don't ask that kash. Don't ask that kash. You just, you know, just pretend that's not true. But the Pesach, the Haggadah begins, no, 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 we're going to face that kasha head on. It's a kasha. We're celebrating Geula when we're back in Gaulus. It's a kasha. And we're not answering it. We're not answering it. Because that, and that itself is a celebration of Pesach. That itself is the amuna that we're being given on Pesach is the ability to handle that kasha because deep down, somewhere in the deepest recesses of the neshama, the neshama knows that Gauls and Gula are all the same. And that deepest truth of the neshama, that Gauls and Gula are all the same, gives us the ability to handle the kasha of how could we celebrate Gula when we're still in Gauls. It's a kasha, but a yid doesn't die from a kasha, right? That's the old saying. Yid doesn't die from a kasha. Why? Because in the deepest places... The neshama knows that it's all the same. It's all the same. You just have to give it expression. Just give it expression. So this is the this is the avoda of being able to have clarity, but being able to weave in enough complexity in life to get us used to seeing chesed and gevur coming from the same place. If that makes sense. Hashem should help. We should be zeicha to when we get to Pesach. We should be in our homes. Taka would be in our homes. But our homes shouldn't just be ke'ilu, it's Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael, Shemamish, Kedushas Haaretz, should be manifest in full. And instead of just having a ke'ilu eating the Karim Pesach, Mamish, the fat of the Karim Pesach should be in our lips, Kipshutai, Mamish, Ashtik Karim Pesach, the Vyaskal Tzedek, Meher Vimeinu, Amen.